0: Hello, and welcome to another week of Heart for Scripture, CCK's Reading Plan. This week, you're going to be reading Leviticus, and you'll be at the end of Leviticus, covering chapters 17 through 27. And one thing you'll notice this week is there is a constant refrain in these chapters of just saying, I am the Lord your God. Just over and over again, you'll see, I am the Lord. You can see as the Lord is providing commandments to Moses, it's not just a list of do's and and don'ts or even random commandments that the Lord's asking these people to do, but he's saying after every few verses, I am the Lord your God. It's all about God's kindness to reveal himself to his people and an invitation for unclean people to, to make a way into God's presence. Over 15 times in chapter 19 alone, you'll see this refrain, this 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 phrase popping up. God is making sure that between every offering, between every sacrificial law, between every commandment, that the people of Israel remember who they're serving and why they're doing what they're doing. These scriptures, they're they're not calling the people just to a moral superiority for gloating sake, but it's it's calling the people to invite them into the presence of God in His holiness and seek His favor. The constant refrain, I am the Lord, is a reminder that God has given His word to us, that it's for our good and it's it's so that we can draw near to Him. He is our Lord, the same God who made the heavens and the earth is in inviting us in to His presence. We're also reminded in Leviticus that we see God as holy. He's perfectly holy and He requires holiness to be in his presence. Even in Leviticus 19, 1 through 2, says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Maybe you're aware this week of how you have not been holy, how you've maybe read God's word and, and disobeyed it in some ways, how you haven't obeyed his commandments perfectly. Well, let the end of Leviticus be a comfort to you. In chapter 26, says the Lord says to his people, uh, if you remember your iniquity, if you're humbled before me, and, and you are sorry and you repent of your iniquity and your transgressions, then I will remember my covenant to you. Uh, there's, there's hope uh, for the people of Israel, and there's hope for us that the Lord will remember his covenant to us. Our reading in Leviticus, it really helps us understand as we move to the New Testament and look at Mark 6-11 through this week. I love that we get to read these books next to each other because we see Jesus actually interacting with Pharisees and how they were using the law, like the law in Leviticus, to exclude people from the temple and exclude people from God. They were using the law even for their own benefit. Uh, They were making laws around God's law that he had already made for the people. It was as if God had had made his law and he said, don't jump off this cliff because it's dangerous. And the Pharisees are coming and saying, don't even look at the cliff. Actually, don't even use words with the letter C because that's the word that cliff starts with. That's the letter that cliff starts with. And obviously, this is an exaggeration to just state how they were setting up these extra laws. But they were doing this in a self-righteous way, a way that... Uh, made them feel like they were earning God's favor by their works and Jesus he's coming and he's correcting and he's clarifying what God's law says but he he's also saying that he loves to draw near to his people he doesn't come in a self-righteous way he doesn't come in in a way that excludes people from the presence of God but what we read in Mark this week is that when he sees the crowds His response is not self-righteousness, but he has compassion on the crowds because they're like sheep without a shepherd. We see glimpses of this all throughout the book of Mark. I, I love just brief interactions with Jesus. We see the word immediately often as Jesus jumps from one town to the next, one interaction to another, one healing after another, interacting with people who have not obeyed the law perfectly, but understand their sin and come to Christ with faith. Finally, some of my favorite words in the book of Mark uh, happen in this reading this week, and something I often find praying even for myself. At, at the end of our reading in Mark 9, we'll, we'll see a, a boy who has an unclean spirit, and a father who, who comes and just pleads with Jesus, uh, looking for any remedy. He just may have heard rumors about who Christ was, and that he may have been able to heal his son. And he's, he cares so deeply about this child that he brings him to Christ for relief from uh, this unclean spirit. And, and you, can, you can hear it in his voice. If you can do anything, Christ, can, can you have compassion on us and help us? And uh, he's just worn out. And Jesus says, uh, for, for the one who has faith, all things are possible. And in Mark 9, 24, he says, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. And we see that with this man, it's, it's not the amount of faith that he had. It's not even the amount of time that he believed Jesus' words, but uh, who he had faith in. It's the object of his faith. He believes even slightly that Jesus is who he says he is, and Jesus is faithful uh, to hear his cries. So may Christ be the object of your faith this week, and I am praying for you that you find encouragement from God's word.